Our topic this morning is let your light shine. And we're kind of, again, as you've heard this morning, we're really gearing up for a thousand hours. And the, the opportunity to really connect with people in our community in a way that, and, and here's sort of something I want to bring up this morning, in, in a way that may seem uh, kind of like not much, right? So you, you know, you, you uh, wash somebody's car, clean their toilet, you know, some sort of mundane kind of activities, and yet we don't know. We don't know what God is doing in someone's heart behind that. And Acts 17, you guys are, are familiar with uh, the time when Paul is in Athens, you know, and he sees the idols and he gives his little speech and he talks about God, the creator of the world and God who did all these things in our lives. And then he, he says this at the end of that, God did this so they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. And here's the reality. God is at work all the time, and most of the time we miss Him. And I think all of us, if, if we look back on our lives, maybe before you knew the Lord or even at different times in your, in your journey with God, you, you can identify times when God was working in your life when you, at that time you didn't know it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? A few of you do. One for me, I'll just share real quickly, I remember... I grew up, I went in high school, I went to a denomination, I was part of a youth group at a denominational church. And it was a great time, great youth group, and I really kind of got founded in some things there. But the transition, and I think this is fairly common, especially in a denominational church, transition from youth group to the adult congregation was a little bumpy. I sort of fit in and, you know, kind of connected with the young people, but I didn't really feel like I fit in and connected with the adults so much. And so in that Summer after high school, I sort of floundered a little bit, and I was wandering around a bit, not really connected to church. And um, my friend Boosh, my best friend Boosh, uh, had a pool, Boosh, he, he had hair, big hair. He had a pool table in his garage, and he lived on a corner, and we would open the garage door, and that was our hangout. And so one night, we were, we were there playing pool, and, and uh, so my friend's older brother's friend stopped by. So just to make that connection, it was not really somebody I knew very well, but this guy's named Danny, and Danny attended the uh, church at Yorba Linda Friends, and he started talking about this little home group that was meeting. He said a bunch of people from their church were getting together on a Sunday night after the service in a house across the street. And so at the time, I had no uh, framework for the Holy Spirit working in our lives. I, I, in the church I grew up in, they really worshiped the Holy Trinity, the Father and the Son. We didn't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. So I had no concept for, for this, but I have this thought in my head all of a sudden, hey, I need to go to that group. And it was, it was one of those things where that thought just stuck with me all week long for the next several days. That's all I could think about. Uh, now today, I recognize that was the Holy Spirit. That was God working in my life. At the time, I thought... It was just a thought in my head. I'm losing it here. And so I've shared before with some of you my testimony of, of my sort of introduction to the vineyard. And on Sunday night, and this is so uncharacteristic of me, I'm really kind of an introverted person. Uh, I was, you, my only church experience to that point had been very traditional and very formal. So uh, I got in my car and drove to a church in a house 
with a bunch of people that I'd never met before. And I walked in, and God met me in the most powerful and profound way that I'd ever experienced in my life. And I remember leaving there that night thinking, whatever that was, i got to have more of that. And that was a turning point in my life. Obviously, I've been in the vineyard now for 40 years. Uh, I met my wife at that church. Uh, you know, so many things happened in my life. It, it, that was a redirection of my life based on God speaking to me at a time that I wasn't even aware that he was speaking. So that's what I want to talk tonight, uh, tonight today about uh, letting our light shine and just allowing God to work through us into the lives and hearts of other people. So let's pray real quick, and then I'm going to try to make this as fast as possible today. Jesus, thank you so much. Uh, Lord, we love your word. We love your spirit. We love the way that you work in and through your word and your Holy Spirit to bring light and life into the world. In your name we pray, amen. I want to start with a verse from Isaiah, uh, Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and the thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Such a powerful, powerful, powerful text. This is obviously a prophecy to the nation of Israel from Isaiah. It's a prophetic promise. God is prophetically promising to do something, to let the light uh, of His light, His glory, shine through the nation of Israel to the peoples of the earth. Isaiah gives the word in a roughly 800 B.C., 800 years before Jesus, roughly, you know, give or take 2,900 years from today. Um, interesting uh, regarding that word is that if you, if you read that and, and you didn't know kind of the time frame on it, uh, you looked at it, it could be given today. There is some contemporary reality. How many of us would say there's darkness in the world today? How many would say maybe thick darkness covers the earth today? Uh, I think there's some truth still in that. We're going to talk about why that is. Uh, darkness, real, realistically, is bondage, uh, people being held captive to principalities and powers, to demonic forces. Is that me? Am I doing that? Or we don't know. Okay, well, maybe. Uh, demonic forces, isms, there, there, there are forces at work in the world today that hold people bondage. And, and the way they work is this. I'll just, this is your little spiritual warfare primer this morning. They trap us in lies. They just trap us in lies. Uh, lies about, first of all, ourselves, our value and worth as a person. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable. I don't mean anything to anybody. Uh, I'm no good. Uh, secondarily, lies about God. Uh, historically, there have been, how many, a few of you will remember the Time Magazine cover that said God is dead. I, I, I knew I could count on you, Wally. Uh, God is dead. And at different seasons, God may not be dead, but he's, he's impotent. He's, he has no power. He's, he's no real. Today, even, I believe there is sort of a, a movement uh, in the world. It's kind of subtle, but to discredit God and say, you know, there's no spirituality. God doesn't exist. Uh, these experiences that people have are just uh, crowd mentality and, and whatnot. The third lie is really about other people. We believe lies that not only am I not valuable, but you know what? At the end of the day, the truth is you're not very valuable either. 
the truth is that anybody that's different than me, that thinks differently than I do, that believes differently than I do, that worships differently than I do, that is of a different race or, or, or a different, um, a, a different uh, sexual persuasion, what is the word? Sexual preference, thank you. Than I am is not valuable and worthy. And so we believe these lies, we get locked into these. Uh, did you know that all sin begins with a lie? All sin begins with a lie. So thick darkness covers the earth, and we're here in this reality today. But here's the thing, and the good news is this, that God did not abandon us. I think there is sometimes the idea that God created the world and then just let it go. You know what I mean? It's just like wind it up and let it go. But the truth is, as we mentioned earlier, and this is really the emphasis, the point today, is that God's hand is at work. He's working among us all the time. He didn't abandon us. He didn't leave us to our And if we're conscious and aware and we understand that God is here and God is working and we begin to work with him and partner with him, I think we see uh, beautiful things happen and we see that darkness begin to be peeled back and the light uh, begin to shine. There were three basic uh, applications, three levels uh, of fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy uh, in Isaiah 60 that we read. The first we're very familiar with. The first one was to the nation of Israel, and this is kind of something we've been talking about all summer. Um, it began with Abraham and the promise of God given to Abraham in Genesis 12. We've read this verse, uh, you know, a dozen times this year. You know, I'll make you into a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your great name. You'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. Whoever curses, I will curse, and all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. But what we haven't looked at uh, is the verse before that. Verse 1 says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. So here's the thing. Abram has this promise of God. He's going to be blessed to be a blessing. This tremendous thing is going to happen through him. But before any of that can happen, Abram has to go. He has to go. He has to go to a land I will show you. He doesn't even know where he's going. But he has to be obedient and take a step of faith to see the promise of God fulfilled. And that's how it works. We can have a promise from God, but in order to see that promise fulfilled, we have to step out in faith, sometimes going to places we don't know where we're going. Sometimes we don't know what God has for us, but we have to be obedient and step out and work with him and partner with him to see those things come to pass. And that's really, really how it works. Abraham had this promise but before the promise could be fulfilled, he had to go. He was going to be, he had, the promise was, I'll bless you, right? And then you will take that blessing in turn. You'll be the light. You'll bless other people. So he had a promise. Gosh, I think it's this. I'm stepping on the mic. And he had a job. He had a job to do. He was to be a blessing, um, to others. The first fulfillment of this prophecy was to happen through the nation of Israel. And as we've talked about this this summer a little bit, you remember I said, Israel didn't do a great job. On the being blessed part, I think they got like a C. They did okay being blessed. Not always great, but pretty good most of the time. On the being a blessing part, no, I think they failed. They got an F. Uh, they didn't bless others because so often they became judgmental and critical of the very people they were supposed to bless. 
they began to condemn the people that they were supposed to bless because they were different than them. Hello? Uh, they were supposed to be a blessing to other people, but they judged those people instead. I find it interesting if you look at just history and Israel as a nation, that never really happened. It was never fulfilled through them. And, it's, it, and think about it. There's this, Israel is a fairly small country, not a you know, huge world player, and yet they're very, very, very active in the world scene. And, and Israel is, is in the news a lot. And, and most of you that are you know, just kind of aware of politics over the last 50 years know that Israel's been in the news a lot, both in, in kind of in the Christian news and the regular news, primarily be, because of their conflict with the nation of Palestine and this idea that they're not really being a blessing. Second application of Isaiah's prophecy came through Jesus. Jesus spoke to the people and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Uh, Jesus was the fulfillment of what Israel was supposed to be. He became the light. And Paul tells us in Galatians, the promises were spoken to Abraham. Those are the very promises we, we looked at him and ago. And to his seed. Scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. Christ was that Jesus became the fulfillment of what Israel was supposed to be. They didn't get the job done, so now he would get the job done. Uh, Paul also tells us in Corinthians, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And, uh, and so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Yes and amen, the promises of God are fulfilled. How many promises of God? I don't know, a lot. But they're fulfilled through Jesus. Um, and you remember at Jesus' birth, when... Uh, Mary and Joseph brought him to the temple that Simeon had been waiting, waiting, waiting for this day. And Simeon says, when he sees Jesus, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant, him, in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So Simeon recognized who Jesus was and what Jesus was, that he was the fulfillment of of that prophecy, and he would be a light to all people. So Jesus became the fulfillment of the prophecy, but during his earthly ministry, that prophecy was not completely fulfilled, was it? Because there's still darkness on the earth today. It hasn't completely dissipated. And the reason for that, boys and girls, is that you and I are the final fulfillment of that word. That now the light of Christ shines through us into the world. The descendants of Abraham are not the people that were necessarily in his bloodline. The descendants of Abraham are not even necessarily the people that kept the law. The descendants of Abraham are those people that believe as Abraham believed, that they were blessed to be a blessing, that they were to be the recipients of God's grace in their own lives, and, and then the conduit of God's grace into the hearts and lives of others. So, the descendants of Abraham are those who believe in Jesus and who follow after what God has called him to do. He, he's the true Israel, and now we are in him uh, the fulfillment of what God wanted to do. 
And Paul tells us that. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule. Because I didn't even step on anything that time. Sorry, I skimmed. Make sure you guys are staying awake today. We're the Israel of God. We, we, the church has replaced Israel. Today we are what they were. I bet it's in my pocket. Stephen says yes. I think I fixed it. Um, uh, I'm completely lost. If, if Jesus was the fulfillment of the promise... And we are now in him, so we now become Israel, and we're the fulfillment of the promise. Okay, so we today are blessed to be a blessing. We are that light that shines. And that's, that's really what I wanted to say this morning. We, we are the light that's, that shines in the world today. Jesus said this, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. Gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So, look here. This is the thing. That's our heart for this summer. That's our heart. It's just to be a light in the community. I want to encourage you guys as you sign up, and there's different things that you can be a part of, and hopefully you'll you'll look at the schedule and sign up for multiple opportunities, but. That you go prayerfully and with the idea that I'm going to serve today in whatever capacity, we're going to do this thing, but that I'm going to let the light of God shine through me into the hearts of others today. That's what we want to do. It's important. It's really important that we go with that mindset, that we don't go with I got to do this thing, but we go that I can be a blessing to someone today. Remember the story I told you earlier about Danny? The reality is this. You don't know what's happening in somebody's life and how God might use what you do, what you say that day to touch them later. That's the thing. We, we don't see that picture. God has that perspective. We don't. And so it's important that we just allow God to work through us and to use us and to speak truth and to be light. So I just encourage you, you know, come prepared to be friendly. Come prepared to smile and welcome people. Come prepared to just say hello. Come prepared to say, hey, Jesus loves you. He cares about you. Come prepared to say, hey, how's it going today? And listen a little bit to their story. Uh, no matter what we're doing, what capacity we're serving in, we have that, that opportunity to allow the light of God, the light of Christ, to shine through our lives into the hearts of others. And, and, and that, that is really our job. That's the vocation of the church. That's what we're called to be about. If we're not doing that, then there's really no point. That's who we are and what we're for. It's why we're here. We're, we're, we're called to be, a, and I, I believe with my whole heart that we specifically, this group, is called to be a light in this community and to make a difference. And I see it every week on Thursdays at our pantry, um, but I believe there's more that God has for us, that we can do so much more in terms of just being a light in our community. So let's stand.